Hey humans, Jenna here, back for another episode of Being Human. But before we get into that, whoo guys, I just gotta like, lay it on ya, it's been a rough weekend. Um, I'm recording this uh, on the week after what I have been just referring to as the day of fascism here in Nebraska when our legislature just ripped bodily autonomy away and eradicated LGBTQ's ability to, you know, feel safe not the way we ever did, but like, you know, literally legally in public spaces in many, many ways, getting health care that children need. Ah, it's feeling a bit wild and oppressive out there in these streets. Uh-huh. And so I just wanted to come on here and want to acknowledge that for myself and for any of you listening, um, because it affects us all, guys. Um, It affects us all. Your ability as a human person to feel safe and, I don't know, fulfilled and satisfied and at peace with oneself solely relies on your ability as a human person to safely, psychologically safely, in your mind, be like, hmm, how do I feel like dressing today? Mm, how do I feel like being referred to today? Uh, would I like, you know, and like, there should be no problem with any person on a day-to-day basis, literally wanting to change anything about their appearance, what they call themselves, whatever, to just try and, I don't know, try on what feels right to them to figure out right that best version of themselves and so the fact that we are woo, using the arm of the state daddy government to literally like make that so unsafe legally let alone just like okay and you think people are just gonna be able to freely in their minds imagine things it's wild that's all the reason there's mental health issues if anyone wanted to know if i get asked why anxiety or depression or things are on the rise i don't know man it's because like you can't just like put on an outfit one day and go "Mm, this feels good and then put on an outfit another day that's maybe i don't know looks totally the opposite of some kind of style fashion gender and people are just thinking that's some sort of mental illness when like (gasps) it's you trying to control that and what other people do that is the mental illness whoo anyway had to get that off my chest and i hope that anyone else maybe who is feeling as frustrated as i am with all that um felt a little i don't know validation relief knowing you're not alone um this shit is wild (laughs) so on that note how do we survive guys and then thrive well Right now, I'm rooting, rooting hard in love, 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 care, 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 community, 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 right? And so, I am going to try my best to let those humans in my life who just show me that love, care, community that they do and how they do and let them know and say it out loud, all right? We already know who thinks what about what they don't like about us or other people. How about the rest of us 
we're just going to start telling those that we do love and like what we like them. We're going to say it loud and proud all of the time. Oh my God, I really appreciate this about you. Oh my God, I was thinking of you in the car the other day and I just wanted to let you know, we need to start speaking these words and changing these vibrations, man. Um, Also just, you know, helps you remain rooted in reminder that is unsafe as this society makes us feel there are wonderful humans hopefully that we have cultivated a relationship with that we can say ah but there's that one because you just need one i hope you have two three is a great number but that's really all it takes guys so hopefully you out there can at minimum connect here uh, if you need to because sometimes content is a great way to connect with people who might be sharing experiences that you are if you don't have the people you want in your life at the moment or you're in transition with relationships or whatever the case may be you know sometimes you gotta reach out to the internet so that's why being human exists that's why i'm here i firmly believe in the um the the heaviness of conversations and how they can affect and help and so I just like to have conversations with other people um and share those for folks who might not have access to being able to conduct that conversation themselves and at least they can participate by listening um and sharing their own thoughts in their own heads and or I don't know. I'm not sure if anyone knows how to communicate with me because I don't know how to communicate with them via the internets and things. But hey, other commitment I'm making now, audience, is I'm going to start like, I don't know, learning these things. It's Gemini season. Jupiter is in Taurus for all you astrology heads, which means we need to do. And I personally am in mine in a place where I need to learn. So I am seeking mentors of all kinds to teach me things because there's lots of things that I don't know shit about. Um, but one being how to do this internet's things properly, right? I would like the sound on this to get a little better. Don't know about you guys. Um, maybe some edits and fun things that could go into it. But also, little prep now that I will be creating a video series to companion, sort of with the vibes of the podcast, but also to be way more educational, also hopefully super entertaining and funny. Um, If dreams come true, there will be puppets. Um, And so um, we'll talk more about that as that progresses along and I get it all figured out and set up. But um, it is there's anyone out there that's hearing this that's like oh my god I'm so good at that and I love making videos and funny content and like learning about humans and things and like woo um I don't know come find me because I don't know and I'm currently seeking um the teachers I need to navigate this cool and fun but like also very confusing to me internet social media creating content landscape um but also I will be offering some in-person group experiences as well here at the Center for Mindful Living. Hoping to get that shut off um, and ready to go by August, Um, but there will definitely be um, specific details in our newsletter and on here when I have dates and times and all of that, but it will be similar to being human. It's going to be more of a group for us to come together and talk about these issues not just like me one-on-one or you listening, but like as a group of humans and cultivating that community in person and helping each other, you know, figure out what we need to survive and thrive. And I don't know how maybe we can support each other, even if just strangers in a room for an hour on a Saturday sharing ideas, or maybe connections can be made, not in that gross, 
bleh, professional networking. No, I mean in like literal human, like caring about each other. Like maybe we can make connections that lead to wonderful growth and things and fun and joy in our lives. So more on all the new rad being human things to come. But now let's get into this episode of the podcast. You guys, I'm so excited. All I do to edit is obviously listen through and most of the time there might be a pause or two I cut out and then that's about it. This one I listened to and I just kept being, oh my God, like I, it's just such a good conversation with two beautiful humans who are in the healthcare industry and in the physical side of healthcare. And so we talk about obviously overall healthcare, mind, body, and soul, but I love their perspective on our current healthcare system, the capitalism of all of that, the lack of universal care, but like how you can provide quality, meaningful care, um, hearing the struggles and loopholes and jumps they go through and, you know, to make that happen for their patients. And uh, it's just a really great conversation. And I was, I'm usually like always feeling that way, but this one was like, uh, not that I was surprised because I knew it was good, but it was like, oh, damn, I really like must have just been in the moment because hearing it back, I was like, oh, shit, we hit so many things that I really hoped we did and thought we did. But in a depth that I was like, oh, yes. So I really hope you guys hear it and feel the same. And um, please enjoy this episode of Being Human with my two friends, Courtney and Katie. Being Human Podcast. Super excited for a double guest episode today with two of my dear old friends. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you with whatever parts of their identities that they would like. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Awesome. Okay. So my name is Courtney. Um, I... Let's see, where do I start? I am married. I feel like that's one of the first things I identify myself with. Um, I've been married for almost 12 years to my husband, Cody. I'm a mom. I have three children, three girls. Uh, Kenzie, who's almost 10, Berkeley, who's six, and my littlest, Livia, who's 17 months. Um, I am a nurse practitioner. Um, I was a nurse for a long time, almost 10 years, and I've been working as a nurse practitioner in neurology for three and a half years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love neuroscience shit. Yeah. 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 I do, too. I've definitely the found my... The brain is so fascinating. It's so fascinating. Learning new things all the time. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Thank That's you so me. much. Yeah. yeah, I'm Katie. I am also married with three kids, my husband, Eric, and then I've got a boy and two girls, Mason, Luca, and Stella. And I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for, I don't know, nine years, eight or nine years. I worked in the operating room and the ICU for a little bit. And then for the past, like, four years, I've been a nurse coordinator at a institution that shall not be named. Um, <laughs> um, in thoracic surgery, so it's a lot of, like, surgical oncology, but all other surgeries in the chest, basically, other than cardiac. And I, that's what I've been doing for the last four years so being a nurse 
it's like I never was really passionate about it in the beginning like when really? I graduated there were people who were like I'm a nurse and like this is and I was like yeah. dude that was so me uh <laughs> I, was like, yeah, I yeah, mean right? it's yeah. fine like it wasn't part yeah. of my identity but over yeah. time you know just with my experience I've become to appreciate it as a part of me more than I did for sure like yeah yeah earlier on it was just a job no yeah. and I think that is a lot of people's path initially into anything right so you got it capitalism we talk about it all the mm-hmm. time but um, but yeah, I think so. It's fine. We're all in the helping field. I'm mental health. You guys are more of the physical side. So obviously we'll be talking about healthcare today. Mm-hmm. Um, but first you have to answer the super yeah. big and broad annoying question that That's I make good. everyone do. It's like, how would you guys define either being a human or human experience for yourselves? Yeah. I can go first again. Yeah. Um, so being a human to me I think it's just trying to identify myself in this world, which I think is extremely hard to do, and find out where I fit and what I want my, like, overall purpose to be. And for me, my overall purpose has always been helping people. Like, I've always wanted to be in the healthcare field. I find it fascinating, but that's just, like, my science-driven background. I just, I love it. And then... Being a mom has been such a big part of my human experience and trying to raise good humans and good people and being open to any new experience that comes my way or their way and just learning from other people and having them have a big understanding of how other people live and that it's not all the same and everybody is different and just having them be open to everything and experience that. Yeah, I think to me, being human is being a physical and spiritual being, and it's about how you connect to others around you, other humans, but also the world around you. And I think a lot about how the mark that you leave on the world and how it will impact for future generations, mainly being how you treated the people and how you helped people and how you made a difference for them, whether it obviously the most important thing is my children and knowing that the impact that I have in the way that I raise them will outlast any memory of me as an individual, but also finding meaning in my work through those connections that I have with people and the, and the patients that I interact with, Mm -hmm. you know, I've never ever had that sort of career crisis of like, what am I even doing? Where and there's pros and cons of every career choice. Oh, by yeah, by no sure. means is that what I'm saying, but I've yeah. talked to people who were like, I just don't find meaning in meaning. this anymore, and I don't yeah. feel that it's important, and I, it just feels superficial or materialistic. And yeah. I've that's one thing that I it's, it feels like a privilege to know that I've always felt like I was connecting and making a difference in that way, and I think that's good for your spirit yeah Yeah, and I think to your point like a huge part of the human experience that we struggle the fuck with is that sense of meaning or purpose because like like I like to say I'm an optimistic nihilist because life is fucking meaningless it's like there's no meaning to any of this right it's just Mm -hmm. we're literally like on a giant ball in a black hole with other giant balls of gas Mm -hmm. hurling through this thing and like whatever and like 
a lot of people who are just nihilists, that's where, like, they're like, well, it doesn't mean anything. Nothing matters. Point, yeah. Right? Right. But it's like, well, how sad. You know, yeah. the, best, the best part is that if it's all meaningless, exactly, you get to create yeah. whatever's meaningful to you. To how you. powerful is that that you can just create a life that matters to you and to your point of trying to identify myself in the world? Exactly. Right. I think that's, like, why we struggle because, mm-hmm. like, what we've done with that struggle in our consciousness mm-hmm. is that, like, we made all these weird rules and, like, you know, society things that are really bad. So, like, the fact that America doesn't have an iota of universal health care mm-hmm. and we are the mm-hmm. only country only. that is like ours. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, right. right. So, we're just, and we're comparing Equal only ever, us. like, other countries like ours when we talk about this. Yeah. But, like, the psychological burden that we bear that, like, we can't just, like, go get our kids broken leg taken care of Mm -hmm. and that not cause any other problems than them like being in pain for a little bit Mm -hmm. is like astronomically psychologically like literally and when I say traumatizing what traumatizing means is like your brain restructures Mm -hmm. right people think trauma is like events and things and that is but what we're saying when someone is traumatized by an event or things is what happened to their brain. Right. Is yeah. it restructured in a way for which that affects how they function? Yeah, right? yeah. And they won't respond to things in the same way after right. said. Event. Yeah, yeah, right. And it so it like shuts down a section, like a yeah, of like depending on what it is or how you interpret yeah, yeah. it. And so yeah. everybody disregards the trauma of being born mm-hmm. and forced into capitalism, and then our specific. American individualistic, fuck you, it's all on you, mm-hmm. good or bad. Yep. Well, they got themselves there. Yeah. Yep. There's no collective care. Right. So, like, bringing it to us in the healthcare industry of any kind, it makes it very hard to not burn out or to maybe even not, like, to stick to that meaning maybe sometimes yeah. because mm-hmm. of the way then the burden on our ability to care. So those of us who are in yeah, it, yeah, I see that, a that lot. juju, yeah. right? Because we want, yeah, just connection. Mm-hmm. I literally, you know how at 17 everyone's like, you should know what you want to do for your life? You guys right? all got that ass in high school, right? Oh, so gosh. dumb, dumb. So dumb. I literally said, uh, is there a way to be a professional friend? Because the only thing oh I God. enjoy about life yeah, and you are is, I know, I know. Okay. I look. is hanging out talking to my friends. Because I was so like, how do I find a job that I won't like hate and all yeah people. totally right. and, and they were like no that's not a thing guess what bitches <laughs> well, look how long it's uh, uh, it is getting it I did. yeah because you know? i always thought that was sort of like what right. i was doing and then it was like yeah it just took all this time to be like i was right the fucking i yeah. was right you do yeah you people knew. just need genuine connection mm-hmm. yeah but like it's hard way easier for me than you guys in, like, just the way the fields are set up, physical versus mental, mm-hmm. but, like, way hard in our society to, like, make authentic, genuine connections. Mm-hmm. So I thought we could talk, like, we can harp on capitalism throughout. We don't mm-hmm. have universal health care. But, like, so how maybe have you seen, though, the impacts of that on your ability, maybe from even, like, the evolution from beginning to now in some way of, like, oh, I thought it would provide care in this way. Mm-hmm. And then there's the barriers. And then there's how I'm trying to get around those barriers, what right here in the way that I feel yeah good about yeah if yeah. that makes sense yeah I think like coming from a provider standpoint you want to order a test or do certain things for a patient and you can't do it just because of their insurance yeah. and then having to write and justify why 
and then having to talk to their insurance doing like a peer-to-peer with someone who's a doctor but not in the doctor of the field of where I work so it's not a neurologist physician it's someone who's trained and God only knows what mm-hmm. and they don't understand the meaning behind it of what I'm ordering, what I'm looking and for. And I'm just going to say doctors that are on the other end of a peer-to-peer with an insurance company are there for a reason. It's and intentional. It's not. It's inten- I was 100%. just going to say, if that is intentional so yeah. that they can say, you, it, we don't approve. Yeah. I yeah. don't understand. And having That's a for that. So then That's you have to find wiggle ways and wormholes yeah. of how to get that approved. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably my biggest battle that I fight yeah. with universal healthcare and just the fact that we don't have it and how hard it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely see that with like insurance authorization for mm-hmm. diagnostic testing that we yep. need to get done. And somebody comes to us in clinic who clearly has a lung mass and it's probably a cancer and we need yeah. to figure this out and get them started on treatment and they don't have insurance. And I don't work at a facility that denies care because of insurance, but mm-hmm. you can't schedule certain mm-hmm. imaging without pre-authorization. So when they don't have insurance, it goes to financial counseling. I honestly don't know what happens on the other yeah. end of that. I don't know what what plans oh, yeah. are laid out. But yeah, to see patients that have sort of been lo- fallen through the cracks of that yeah. sort of process and mm-hmm. and to feel so powerless to it yeah. that I, I don't know what your life is like and I can't tell you that you need to do whatever you... I can't... I don't know if yeah. you even have the money exactly. to get this done. And and certainly that is really hard too because I'm working on this, but I'm like a little bit of a codependent in all situations. So oh, that's I will why still, we do what we do. right. Uh, I'm a professional codependent. Yeah. I mean, I will still feel the inclination to like, would it help if I like just showed up at your house and brought you to the scan? You know, like yeah, I have to remind totally. myself right. of those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then also on the other, on another take of it is, um, inadequate staffing at um, the lower level, not, I don't want to say lower levels, but the more procedural acute care areas yeah. of the whole healthcare system, whether it's imaging, like radiology, technologists, yeah, yeah. Um, nursing, obviously, nursing, you know, yeah. in all areas. So that just at the high levels, whatever decisions are made that have determined that money can't be poured into the staffing to keep it at an adequate level. I'm not there for those conversations, but I do see how money is spent in other ways. That's a little sus, but, um, to know that, okay, we can't get these scans done in a timely manner because of staffing or, or availability of scanners. Mm -hmm. And we can't get OR dates that work for us because of staffing and, things like that, that ultimately affects the outcome of, of a patient's care, you know, and, and because of how I am, I'm always going to try to do what I can. There's a certain timeline that's not acceptable to me. So I'll do what I need to do. If I have to put on my Karen hat and speak to the manager, or if I have to get imaging done somewhere else, I'll do it. But, um, those are just barriers that are, it's really frustrating to have to deal with because they shouldn't be there. Well, because daddy capitalism, right? That's what's so problem with for-profit care of any kind, right? That's why other countries like ours have universal health care, not because, like, anything other than, like, you can't provide care if it's in a capitalist structure because your hospital wants to make money. That's why their decisions are are based off of money at the end of the day. They're going to spend, say, in these meetings, whatever they say. But, like, at the end of the day, I worked at Madonna... Well, I'll say Madonna <laughs> as a social worker. So that was my, my, I did three months in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Power to you. <laughs> because I, the woman who uh, interfaced with the insurance companies, uh-huh. right? 
I don't remember the name of that role. Yeah. But just listen to this bitch trying to spin us like <laughs> this wasn't a total scam and that we should, like, respect insurance companies and their decisions in any way. No. And have no. like, what is this role? Who is this person? Right. How do you, with a straight face, be the one who they deny care to, mm-hmm. and then you have to relay that, and then you're also trying to spin us that, like, it's fucking okay. Right. But it was solely because if we collectively do anything to these insurance companies, they go away. So yeah. there's, like, so much weird stuff like that in place that if you aren't in the system, you probably have never seen. Like, I would never mm-hmm. know about, like, this woman in that position and, like, mm-hmm. a person in that dichotomy oh, yeah. in healthcare, but I was like, oh, my gosh, she's good. I was the only one. Like, <laughs> she's good. Everyone's like, yes, mm, this insurance guy. I was like, you guys are all fucking, like... Yeah. And so it's, it's like weird. Especially to know. on that end of it because, like, long term care or acute, yeah. you know, rehab and things or like rehab, that. Yeah. That's oh. what, that is messy. Oh, yeah, messy. I have a discharge plan for everyone. And so I oh, yeah, I'm so send sorry. these yeah. poor That's people horrible. to terrible. I would just tell them, Terror. I'd be like, here, you're gonna, I'm going to give you this. You're going to go and you're going to mm-hmm. be unacceptable. And you yeah. are going to bitch and you're going to complain it's gonna be to terrible. this person. Yeah. And then, because I was like, we're exactly like I would figure out like ways. Like that's to not care an acceptable it. answer right. to so me. And I would teach the family how to care for themselves. Yeah, and so then they would set up to be guys. in a long-term care facility. Nobody thinks yeah. that's ever going to happen, and you don't have insurance coverage for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so then expensive. you're having, and then if you do have any type of money or assets or anything yeah. like that, you have to spend it all down yeah. to even you know to like, be able to apply. Let's say for you get to the point where you're old. And you have a million dollars in the bank because you saved and, yeah. and invested yeah. and did all these things. In a million years, did you think you would fall and break your hip and have mm-hmm. to drain all of that drain to live it. a nine miserable months or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this no. is a horrible. Yeah. But this no, stuff happens elder all, care the and child all the time. Care, right? Nursing, like you said, underpaid, understaffed, but then also just even other care, like child care. And we all, I love. But it is expensive. We live sure. in society. So oh, it's not yeah. that I don't want to pay, like, my daycare providers right. more or whatever. But, like, also then, like, I can't work and I have to stay at home or whatever. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. like, this horrible mess that we're all put in because everything's, like, a for-profit business model. Yeah. Yep. And so you can have, like, community care. Exactly. Or, or even, like... You know, you, like doctors made house calls. Like you, it was more per. You used to yeah. really mm-hmm. personally know, mm-hmm. like your doctors oh, and yeah. stuff. Like, I love ah. the idea of like concierge primary care. Right? I've never dabbled in it, but it sounds yeah. nice. But now it's fifteen minute appointments for sick, and you're lucky if you get like a twenty. For yeah. Your, for your yearly, it's like how can I talk about everything for yeah. the last year in a twenty minute appointment? Oh yeah. yeah. It's so rough. Yeah, I w- when I was like in nursing school and things, I worked more on the long term care side of it and that is ugly i will say where i work now because it's more of a public institution i think it's overall better as far as the mm-hmm. for-profit yeah. not perfect oh yeah for sure Everyone, yeah. decisions are made that are very money driven but i do think that there's more resources and mm-hmm. and things like that put into in my position where i am i feel like for the most part i'm able to give good care it hasn't been yeah. true in every position even within the same institution but smaller more private companies yeah oh, like yeah. especially when it comes to yeah. no i mean the opposite oh, like smaller yeah. more private companies being for profit driven and not having this higher level of investors and donors and oh, academia yeah, yeah. and all of that like these are not safe ratios you guys like this is insane and this is someone's grandma and this is not okay i mean yeah it's, but the interesting thing about those non-profit ones mm-hmm. is that they 
don't take Medicaid. They don't take, you know, a lot of those don't take Medicare and then it's mm-hmm. only a couple of insurances. So yeah, it's yeah. Just, that's, that part to me is just so interesting. Yeah, that is that, insane. Yeah. 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 Well, in my field, to that point, exactly. So, um, I don't do Medicaid mm-hmm. because I was a Medicaid mental health provider and they make it so cumbersome and difficult yeah. and, like, awful. Mm-hmm. I, FYI, out there, $30. That's your copay at General Lopez Therapy. I know you can get yeah. free Medicaid provider services elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have one free pro bono slot also open for someone every year, oh. um, at least, mm-hmm. um, and so, because, like, I want to help, mm-hmm. but I will not fucking run the scam. Yeah. I won't, because if I'm doing Medicaid provision, mm-hmm. the amount of work I have to do to be a Medicaid provider ongoingly and the documentation and the lot. shit and the everything, I won't provide as good a service. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not going to sacrifice my actual care yeah. to, like, run your scam. Yeah. So I do try to make it, like, super mm-hmm. cheap and affordable. Right. And affordable. I, want, <laughs> I want that, po- I want to serve that population. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would like, you know, hopefully can figure out some other ways to make money mm-hmm. to create some sort of something like my own mutual aid fund is the next step mm-hmm. for like whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's just super frustrating that it's like at least make those processes easy for providers so that because so right. many people would be Medicaid providers. Oh, yeah. right, it's right. not about serving the population. No, not it's at about all. the loopholes that you make us go through because you don't want us to do it because yes. then you don't have to pay it out, daddy government. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and I mean, yeah. I've even heard like, you know, you'll get sent a bill before it goes insurance to insurance, and you know that's because they're hoping that you're just going to pay it. Yeah, because it's annoying to call your insurance company and say, "Hey, did this run through insurance? What's going on with that?" Yeah, do you know how much money they probably get off of people just paying mm-hmm. the bill, or you get offered, "Hey, if you pay your copay up front, you get this certain discount." Like uh, you were talking about, yes, 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 out, guys. right? And I was like, "What? Okay, yes, because I do have that, but what? Like, I know how at first gonna... you're happy, but then you're like, wait, yeah." And also, that's just like before I could you not know. After my, I mean, like about to like cut open. Like this is like a top of mind. Right before, like, and they're hoping that you don't, because you don't want to miss out on that discount. You're not going to see what it would cost to go through your insurance, and that's what they're banking on. You know, some people maybe would not even have to pay anything, so they're like, no, but they don't know that because I don't know off the top of my head. When I go into how something, how what if it's covered yeah. or not? Especially, no you know, yeah, sure. I may look if it's something that's not acute that I can look into. Like, well, maybe I can wait on the chiropractor until we met our deductible or whatever. <laughs> right. But if you need to get your tubes to, or something for some, you know, yeah, exactly. that's not necessarily. But it's just the game. The, time to have to the call game. And go through all those. Hoops it's immoral. To try to out There's oh, a, so it's, immoral. it's yeah. inhumane. Yeah, it is. like that's what I say. Like capitalism is inhumane. It right? is. It is. It takes out all of the humanity. Right, it exactly. makes it all about this other mm-hmm. stuff, and so you can't engage mm-hmm. with like the human, yeah, and or and the time on. spent yeah. that you have to do as a provider, like to have, make those phone calls, yeah. like they don't make it easy. Like they yeah. won't set up a time to talk to you. Oh yeah, you have to yes. call, and then you have to and sit wait. on the phone for forty five mm-hmm. minutes while I could be seeing other patients and yeah. helping them. No, I have to wait, and then you have to fight with the physician on the phone forever. Like it's yeah. just it's such a game. Yeah, yeah. There's a book that I read that really it's not really about this, but it's by Rob Delaney. It's called A Heart That Works. Incredible. It's more about the human experience of grief, and it's like one of our favorite comedians and writers lost his one-year-old, two-year-old son to yeah, brain cancer. Yeah, I know that guy. Um, but he lived in England at the time of his mm-hmm. care, and, you know, just a huge part of it is, like, I truly cannot imagine 
like how inhumane it is that if we had had the same horrible traumatic event happen in the U.S., oh. how much of an added trauma it would be yeah. to worry about being able to pay for and get into and all these things that are just, mm. you have a child who did not choose any of this with a no. brain tumor. Can you imagine? Because my first thought is, okay, so... Obviously, A, we're financially ruined, for sure. For sure. B, you know, how logistically are we going to manage? Like, we both have full-time jobs. Would one of us have to quit? Would one of us have to go to part-time? Right. You know, because With this is a years-long yeah. journey. Oh, this oh, isn't yeah. an acute no. FMLA, which doesn't no. pay you. It just guarantees yeah. you your, your job, job when you come back. Yeah. But, you know, not. we also have two other kids. I mean, yeah. the stressors in a, just by themselves of a horribly tragic terminal diagnosis for one of your children and how that impacts you and your family is more than one human should have to bear. Mm -hmm. But when you live in this country, you also logistically have that added layer of stress of how am I going to make this work without us being financially ruined and losing our careers? And I mean, just... And which that means is you might not be able to feed your other children because... You had to get health care for one of them, which mm-hmm. exactly is fucking wild. Yeah, that that would be a choice that this would yeah. have to make. Yeah, changing. and even if it, and I mean I'm very privileged to be in a position that whatever our deductible would be, we wouldn't necessarily be financially ruined. It would be certainly a strain, and it would affect yeah. us financially mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that we would have to sell our house. But right. but logistically, that's what I mean when I in my job. You know, a lot of cancer diagnoses, mostly older people, you know, with most of them, but on the occasion that we get a younger person with with a cancer that we're seeing. And I can't help but think of first line. I don't know how I'm on a tightrope balancing plates to keep everybody's life afloat Mm -hmm. because of the way that our society is and and my job and the childcare and their doctor's appointments and the kids and being a good parent and being good at my job and all of this stuff. If you threw a diagnosis in there, I truly don't, it would all come falling down and I don't know know. what would happen. I don't understand like some of the patients that I see with like how devastating some of those diagnoses can be and like a lot of them are lifelong, you know, so it's constant hospital stays. It's constant bringing them in taking five days off to bring them into our unit to monitor them, mm-hmm. pull them off meds, put them back on meds. Meanwhile, they have other kids. They're trying to mm-hmm. work. Like, I just, I don't understand how those parents do it. I just feel for them. And then to sometimes have the insurance come back and say, oh, we're not going to approve this day, you know? So oh, that's why with yeah. ours, like, we're kind of lucky that it's usually a planned thing. Yeah. So we go through the insurance process. You yeah. Know? But sometimes even then, I have to fight and justify for the amount of time I want. Well, we're only going to give you one day. Well, I'm going to mm-hmm. stop their meds, so I need more than one day. I oh, can't yeah. safely yeah. discharge them the next day. Oh, and yeah. And then, then go have a big seizure because I held their meds. Right. You know? And so then having to fight that battle with them. Yeah. It's just it's so And even just, like, in another angle on it, like, when my husband, like, was treated for alcohol, alcoholism and had to go to, you know, rehab, and, of course, the recommendation is five weeks or whatever it is, yeah. but you get in and you do all the pre-planning, and then insurance says, well, we'll pay for two, mm-hmm. and it's like, so you want to pay for, do you want to pay for it again in a month? I then? know. Or, I mean, I you know, like, yeah. change a hat like that in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. just, I mean, it's, it's failing itself. The system, oh, it's, it's yeah, a poor yeah, exactly. it's, it's failing it's itself. Like be better. Yeah. Like exactly, if we were all healthier, like communities would mm-hmm. healthy, capital, you know, economics, where right? you yeah. all like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's in everyone's best interest, uh-huh. literally, right. capitalistically, but also morally, right. to just take fucking better 
care of each other. Right. Which is why it's super annoying and wild. To do it right the first that time. you can't, yeah, like, get them even under capitalism to see that it better fucking fits them. Oh, and yeah. capitalism, you fuck twads. Well, that's where we get to, like, worthiness of care. So I think mm-hmm. this speaks to, in our country specifically, like, our weird variations on that, which, so, yeah, you would think, like, Daddy capitalism would rule all, but in America, it's who? Daddy white supremacy, right? And so I think it really comes down to, oh, yeah, 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 If we were paying for just the whites and doing their preventative care and their yeah. preventative... Hell, yeah. yeah we want to improve that group. But since you got to give it to every motherfucker around here, mm-hmm. well, first, let's just try and take bodily autonomy away from the fe- women, the, one we, the ones we call women, you know. Humans with vaginas and ovaries, they're women. Um, But, like, also, those, like, queers and trans, they're make-believe. They haven't existed unless you read a goddamn history book. But, like, we're going to also try to legislate their ability to just get some care. Or wear motherfucking clothes that they want to wear. How is it to say in 2023 that, like, humans don't just, like, what a waste of time and mental load and energy and money to even be discussing people's right to wear whatever type of clothing that they want to wear how i just yeah that but like healthcare, right it's even like it's just we think our government weirdly thinks it can just like come into also like women's healthcare has been i think the most obvious for people but like queers and trans people have had it also Mm -hmm. like this weird thing but also i will say like black women specifically get fucked yeah like all the time For women get sure. told they're yeah. crazy a lot but black women oh yeah the thing i heard and you can speak to this obviously i'm not black corny so yeah. i don't want to like talk to your experience but i remember this like just blew my mind where like they put the pain tolerance on black women. Like, they, there's this assumption that your literal tolerance for pain, that 1 to 10 scale, yeah. they will always, like, mark that you, like, black women are, mm-hmm. um, like, oh, but, like, they can take it. Basically. They can handle it. It's, like, they, you'll say you're an 8, and they'll yeah. be like, cool, that's no big deal. Right. But, like, if I, white woman, was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, I'm out of 4, they'd be like, baby, girl! <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I and like just hearing these examples from other black right. women on things that like, we're talking about, the, yeah. and I was like, "That's slave shit. That's literal, it is. right? It is. Slave shit." And it's wild to think that that is like a mentality that is still so pervasive so now. Just ingrained in, in certain populations, yeah, for sure. The thing that's so weird to me is like, what makes you think like you don't know my background, like, and what's yeah. I grew up with a white mom and a black dad and a very, you know, white upbringing, I would say. And I did go to a high school, but having to, I mean, growing up in that high school, I really was... A high school with a lot of other black kids. With a lot of, like, other black kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I was very much more raised by my mom, a white woman. In, yeah, with all my white family. And, and your mom did teach at that school, too. So, she like, did. even though you were in she a did. school that was much more diverse, like, you probably spent a lot of time with her there. Oh, or 100%. even just, like, you knew she was there, too, that influences who you might socialize with. Oh, exactly. I mean, my mom worked at my high school. She was fucking always in my business, fucking hated it. So, I just... Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was rough. Yeah. She would have her AIDS fly on me. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I was in my mom's class twice. So, like, yeah. everyone knew who I was. So, I mean, I feel like my upbringing was not 
a typical black yeah. person's upbringing, you know, being biracial, but I still find it interesting that, like, certain friends I have identify me as white or black. Really? So, yeah. Well, so, oh, they identify you. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. It's just so <laughs> what interesting. What a bold stance. Yeah, yeah no, the audacity. Go I'll go ahead and let you know. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know. I know, like like know they said of that. Like, I've heard oh. people say, oh. like, that you, you talk white, maybe, or oh, yeah. you whatever white, yeah. or like you're one of us. I was an Oreo. Oh, like they were, or yeah. I was called an Oreo. Because white on the inside. black, but I was white on the inside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then like I mean, there's still times today that I'm that I feel like that token black friend sometimes, yeah. and it's just so interesting that people nowadays that I'm and I like them and they're good people, they just don't know and oh, yeah. but they still have that you know mentality to treat me like that. I always yeah. just, just so well, and tokenism weird, but... is tough. I am the token queer, yeah, and so yeah, I get like yeah. not in a racial way, but I get in that. <laughs> I'm tokenized, like, um, a lot in my life where people, I also think part of, like, the queer and trans experience is that, like, whatever that is, being queer or trans, part of it is just, like, I cannot give a fuck about this particular social norm, mm-hmm. um, and so you are visibly <coughs> living out loud, much like being black, you are visibly right. a different color than the quote-unquote, right. you know, preferred status, so right. it's, like, people can't see you outside of lit like literally visually mm-hmm. seeing you mm-hmm. that way and then it's like either in my case tokenism is a little different because they want to like latch on oh. and like it's like they want to take on my personality or they want to like do the, or they want experience things through me yeah but then it has always bit them in the ass because like <laughs> then eventually like i'm living my life and they were yeah. not and not they're mad yeah. their life right and then they right. like reject me as mm. if I like like it's your fault yeah like it was my fault that they like weirdly latched on me like I I, yeah I like had a friend just like things like getting their nose pierced and like tattoos Uh and then or going like even and just following in these things where at first I thought oh yeah of course but then in later life it was like oh shit you apparently were just making some decisions right Based off of wildly, yeah. and now you are mad at me as if I like told you. Talked to you into it. Like, yeah, I got yeah. my nose pierced, and you did too. Like, yeah, yeah like okay, like yeah. So, but, but for you, it's different because it's like not like that's not super flattering. No, I am, but like for you, it's like yeah, this like it's just it's such a weird place to life. live in, like and feel that like, and I do feel it sometimes at work and things like that. Like there are not a lot of. I don't even know if there are any colored providers as in black colored providers. Like, we have a lot of people that are from India and, like, different places, yeah. but not black. You know? Oh, yeah, and it's different. And like, it's different. different. It's because a different you're experience coming from for a place sure. of, like, not white doesn't mm-hmm. mean that that is at all, like, yeah. similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, with worthiness of care, right? So, we were talking about, like, ways that, like, how have you seen that show up where whether it's that like um yeah like someone comes in and then there's a lot of like judgment over did you quote unquote cause your health issue I feel like but like oh, those yeah, judgment quote yeah. unquote are like maybe a little racism maybe mm-hmm. a, little mas- a lot of misogyny definitely mm-hmm. yeah um, and like what ways have you guys navigated that oh so much <laughs> I mean it we're it's human nature is judgmental in in you know there's a spectrum of of judgments and where you fall and i think that 
conceptually, you know, I'm very open-minded and I, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, but for sure I'll be like, ugh, and then this is mm -hmm. what they did. You know, like yeah. nobody's perfect, no. certainly. Oh, like, it's yeah. hard to you know. Sometimes. Everybody has their different judgments. Oh, well, I, have, I have lots and of they're all yes. And there are biases and yeah. things like and that. Especially when you're seeing that same population yeah. all the time, you know. So yeah. you get a little numb to some of those things, I think, when you see the same thing. Yeah, I think, um, you know, smokers is a big thing yeah. for me, you know, lung cancer, yeah. any cancer for sure. And I don't see a lot of necessarily that you don't deserve treatment oh, for your yeah, cancer, no, just like the way but they just do the attitudes it. about oh, yeah. it. And they're like, oh, yeah. and they're still smoking. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a difficult oh, yeah. line to cross in our clinics because we do want to be a, a resource and a turning point to help yeah. people make that decision. Just because we want them to have the best long-term outcomes yeah. for themselves oh, and their yeah, own yeah. quality of life. Right. But everybody approaches that differently. And some people tend to be more black and white. Nope. If I did it, you can do it. And this is where it ends. And, it's not, yeah. you know, everybody's I think it's a more helpful approach to realize that everybody's got a different background. And so you can give them that gentle encouragement and the, and the support and get a sense for if they're willing to take it. But know that they're dealing with a different... And smoking may be doing something different for them than it's doing for someone else. You mm -hmm. cannot... Have a patient with schizophrenia who, who has used yeah. to use IV drugs. Right. right. Go ahead and smoke those cigarettes, buddy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And any, any place that a person gets to be it from their own decisions or not, it's a myriad of factors, environmental, historical childhood, that nobody, like I was saying earlier, is in a vacuum throughout their life been told here's some cigarettes if you smoke them it yeah. might be kind of fun but you'll probably get cancer and if yeah. you don't smoke yeah. them you'll be healthy and then they decided they to smoke them yeah. in that vacuum yeah. and now want help it's so much more complicated and complex than that and they may yeah. very well have known that it was bad for them this whole time it's more complex than even the concept of addiction it's socioeconomic societal oh, childhood yeah. so I think you just need to meet people where they are really mm -hmm. and understand that you do not under no two situations are the same yeah I see a lot of, well, I went through this situation, so I'm projecting my situation onto somebody else's, and therefore they should be able to do this and this. That is like my pet peeve of life. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I quit, so you can quit. Yeah. I was a single mom, so you should be able to do this. I mm. No, none of them are the right. same. Yeah. And I do see it, yeah, I mean, everybody's judgmental to some degree, but, mm -hmm. but ultimately when you're in a position in healthcare, you affect somebody's care whether or not you're the provider making the orders or not but right. it it affects how well how much you're willing to advocate for them and how much you're willing yeah. to connect with them Fight and with that's what i see yeah or you know? well they did this and this so i'm not really going to try that hard to get them as sooner right. i mean i see some shit you know oh, so yeah. like it's i think that's what's really alarming and that's the undefinable bias and racism and yeah. sexism yeah, right. it's not an it's not a policy yeah. written in our yeah. you know no. it's not a policy that it's if not. someone is smoked then you don't need to try that hard to get them a sooner surgery day yeah. that's not it yeah. it's that someone who has the ability to advocate for them is working off of their own precon their own yeah. bias and things like that and that's i think what all of america is dealing with you know yeah and that's like what you're talking about the human brain right it's actually not like wired to judgment it's wired for survival because we're mammals but, so it's doing neuroception, mm -hmm. right? And so you're neurocepting all of the time, and neuroception connects to the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so 
our brain is trying to survive by, yes, assessing for threat and then compartmentalizing what we neurocept in a way so that maybe we can feel a threat from our nervous system before and rather protect ourselves. But in this weird society, like everything is a threat, like so many things are internalized or threatening that like aren't biases, right? Because yeah. you grew up in a culture that is then, so right. right now it's like that's a bias. So not a threat now, but a bias. Yeah. yeah. Right? Your brain is creating the bias, but it's doing it because it thinks it's helping you survive. Yeah. Because it thinks you're a mammal that like, you know, lives off the land still. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you and I, we all live in society, and you are a black woman, so you know. Well, unfortunately, we don't live off the land, so that bias is now this horrible racism right. or homophobia or whatever, right? Uh-huh. It's yeah. God fucking damn it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, yeah, and you know, it's just hard to get. Yeah. But then to our care, okay, if I have, you know, racist grandpa, but like, if I ever want him to self-actualize and unlearn the racism, well, how? If he's stressed and he can't get, you know, like, it, like so a stressed him. human, like, how am I outrooting mm-hmm. that shit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Not excusing people for any other goddamn bigotry. Right. But, like, also it's like, huh, to the care of it all, not only oh, yeah. our physical bodies, we want them all so that we can all just, like, be better about mm-hmm. unlearning some of the toxic yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. And man, is it going to be hard. It is. Like, yeah, that's an interesting point because I even consider myself a fairly progressive individual, Mm -hmm. but life is hard and it's stressful and we have so many immediate stressors that need us between our kids and our jobs and the house and, you know, all the things that even I will, in listening to a podcast or somewhere in the media or whatever, hearing about, you know, sort of a new progressive idea or a new issue that's brought to light that you know this is something that is you know we shouldn't talk about it this way because it's actually offensive to this group and this is why right. i'll even find myself being like i just literally can't right i now. do like yeah, like yeah. and it's not because i don't care about whatever group no, this is affecting but it's not like i my stressors are at their max yep. that yeah, pri- that conceptualizing already. and opening my mind to a new way of thinking and how another concept. person's experience may have is just i just can't yeah. like in general i can but sometimes when it's new and unfamiliar i'm like okay can yeah. I just be nice to people? I'm sorry yeah, yeah. I'm nice that I said I I that nice my niece looked pretty okay. and I didn't mean it. And yeah. like, a, you know, like every, you know, we're yeah. all learning and we're all growing. And yeah. I think that, that that's all great is to learn why maybe language matters and representation matters yeah. and all of that stuff. But sometimes we're just so just stressed yeah, out. Tired we're burnt out. Yeah. It's like the capacity to have compassion for each other is lower. No, totally right. Community of care. It's so hard because, like, again, this is, like, the racism of it all. Like, they eliminated communities, and then they told you that the better version of that is this thing called family, Mm -hmm. when a community is a lot of families who help each other. Mm -hmm. But they said, no, no, no. Again, American weird individualism, it's better if you're just your one family Just your family And you guys are in charge of you or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so now... We wonder why we're all so burnt out and disconnected. It's like, well, we created this weird, like, society mm-hmm. structure that is, again, very unnatural and took a lot of our, like, community resources and, like, further and further, like, stretched them away from us as personal relationships that we could navigate mm-hmm. um, and made them more, like, it's, like, commercialism, capitalism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and even, like, then into our healthcare is like that. 
And so it's like, yeah, exactly. How are we going to, like, first you have to unlearn before you can learn. Yeah, right. And so, God, i got to be aware of the shit i got to unlearn mm-hmm. from you motherfuckers. Right. And then i got to go learn the new thing. Mm-hmm. It's understandable that you hear it and you maybe go, the back mm-hmm. card, these songs back on. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, because you just also, yeah, yeah you're, a, you're a human yeah. and, like, you've hit capacity that day. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why I think it's, yeah, it's wild and sad. But also I believe, again, in our ability to figure it out. Because I think we did it good at one point. And I think hopefully we're in the showing yeah. of the like, progression we're the that ups. we're going to try to figure out more of a more care-based so. way yeah. of engaging. Because I do think like a lot more, I mean, climate change is happening. Uh-huh. If nothing else, I think that the uh, planet is going to force us to it's be a little bit more uh, back to the roots, if yeah. you will, if yeah. you're going to stick around. If, mm-hmm. Yeah. She's kicking the rest of you motherfuckers off. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. uh, I think we'll see more, like, investment in mutual aid. Yeah. Therefore, more investment than in maybe ways, oh, my God, could you create your own small practice and do whatever you want, provide, yeah. mm-hmm. like, healthcare, how you, is that mm-hmm. a thing that you can do? Or, right. like, not if you wanted, right? Yeah. Or right. whatever... So that you could really take charge. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe we'll get universal health care here someday. How do you guys feel about that? Is that possible for America? Like, what's the... It should be possible. I don't really get the hold of it at this point. I feel like even, like, most people in the yeah. field... I, my friend, one of my best friends from back in the day, uh, her, she was in nursing school, and I was on my shit and drunk Jenna... And we were fighting about why we needed universal health care. She was a nurse, and she was like, no, we don't. And I was like, what? Why? <laughs> um, but I think at the time, she was new, and it was like, oh, we wouldn't be paid. It's the shit show, oh, right? Yeah. All the shit that you did, the talking point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, like, now you would have asked her, she'd be like, oh, my God, yeah. right? That's nonsense. So I don't think it's, like, the profession itself, like, yeah. holding back. Yeah, no, I think there's right? a lot of fear-mongering about, like, yeah. you know, you'll hear horror stories that get sensationalized in yeah. the media about like oh you can't get a doctor's appointment in Canada where they have universal health care yeah. because you know blah 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 when real the reality in most developed countries with universal health care is a much better picture of health care than it much is better. here um, but I think that we are, have just such a capitalistic mentality ingrained even if we don't think that we do yeah. and that people who really hold capitalism as a value and I do see the value in this is that competition for quality of product, service, care, or whatever, that really only works for people of privilege with mon- and with money. Right. But yeah. And those higher-ups that are making those decisions yeah. in our... Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I think the argument is that if it's just available and there's no competition, then there's no need to be good at your job. There's no need to be a really good doctor mm-hmm. because... Being a good doctor has no value. People aren't going to... Everybody gets a doctor. Everybody gets patients. You know, the same arguments against capitalism in just in an economic sense. I think the fear of that is what... And the status quo and a bunch of very old white men who don't have much time on this... Left on this earth making decisions that affect us. Really? I feel like like we're going to coddle that lasting RPG. Like, how are these old dudes just fucking out here? Yeah. How look at us all... I do not understand it. I would I go, like to go on the record to say five years old. Yeah. Like I don't understand. Oh I know. I would just like to turf a lot of the like major world change that needs to be done off on Gen Z, because I think <laughs> that they can do it, and they yeah. they're. We've laid, we've paved the way. I we would have, like to think, but oh, we're yeah, tired. We've we're tired, though. We it's someone else's. Work. We're tired. It's someone else's. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They just have a completely different. They haven't learned a lot of the 
barrier, the the self-limiting thoughts that mm-hmm. our generation and the ones before us no, have, yeah. and they just have a more clear vision of what's possible. And they just a more... can identify themselves in the world way sooner than we ever fucking could, yeah. which is yeah. a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. And hey, guess is. what? There aren't a... new trans people. They just feel way more comfortable coming out at the beginning than right. at the end, motherfuckers. Because, yeah, you know, wait wait. in sixth grade when I was like, oh, fuck. The tingle in your dingle about staring at that girl over there means you're a big fat gay person. Yeah, yeah. better make that go away. Yeah, Yeah. like I knew. Suppress that. And then, like, yeah, like, real point blank since then, my whole, you know, and it's just like, but I only wasn't able to tell anyone until college because it wasn't safe. Yeah. So the fact that they're feeling safer to self actualize is, and they'll like get us there. And get us to more community of care, too. The point of competition, I'll just, like, round us out and end with that. Humans are the only dumbasses who compete for anything other than the benefit of the collective. Sports ball. Love it. My favorite example. Enjoy it. Do whatever you fucking want. But competition for competition's sake is pretty toxic. Don't know if you've heard about the NFL. (laughs) Um, right other we look at the animal kingdom we go look at them they don't fight to fight if the gorillas are fighting each other it's because they've identified as a pack this guy might not like keep us safe Mm -hmm. you might we need to see who can and fight each other not to compete but it's like for the safety of the group or whatever like and not to say they don't ever flip but like we have got this competition thing ingrained in our shit like it improves things Collaboration. Well, we see mm-hmm. that. I mean, right. I competition see that from provider to provider. Like, yeah, weird shit. Yeah, because you know? we don't have any natural predators, but our ultimate success in life is being successful and being uh-huh. viewed as such, and that's yeah. what we're competing for. And that's what I meant when you were saying, I was like, but don't you just want to, like, so being a, isn't being a good doctor just like providing good care? So, like, how are you competing <laughs> with someone else? Oh. To- Oh, be a good do- you know it gets like it's nonsense when yeah. you start walking through it, but yeah. no one like walks through it. It's like oh yeah, we need the competition to keep the markets up. And up. Yeah, okay. but they do, which is just so crazy to me because I mean we do have providers that compete for patients almost. And oh, like, that's wild. Yeah, so and, I don't know if it's like from an RVU standpoint to get paid oh, or to yeah, be yeah. recognized or to develop a program, which, and I do think that the providers that I work too. with work off of a lot of intrinsic motivation. And I think yes. probably yeah. most providers, they have most that doctors that I know went to... into it for a purpose that is way more important than money or recognition yeah, or agreed. anything, for sure. So I do think agreed. overall it would just be generally people wanting to be the best in their field because yeah, they mm-hmm. want to help the most people and do the best job at it. And I think that, you know, most of the doctors I've worked with do operate from that system. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, there I think on the other arg- argument side of it is that, like, all of the cutting-edge advances we've had in healthcare, we wouldn't have if there weren't this if there monetary drive, competition. Yeah. The but then do you go back to what have those advances gotten us? Because our population isn't healthier, mm-hmm. we don't have maternal health care, we don't have paid mm-hmm. family leave to take care of each other, we don't. So it's like, cool, well, you got that cool laser yeah. that does the yeah. thing, but like, when, and when everybody's sick, people in poverty can't just go to the job, like, is yeah. all that advancement doing anything? Yeah, it's no. not, not helping 
you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, whole, it's a helping. It's, so it's yeah. like, how beneficial was that? Yeah, right? no, it's like making so. your hospital rank over yeah. the one next to it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, right. Yes. It's just Who's so the wild. number one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they just yeah. got another robot. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they got another award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, ladies, any final thoughts just on? Being helping humans, your journeys in healthcare, being just a human yourself, capitalism, all the bullshit, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I would say I think what really helps me sleep at night <laughs> at the end of the day <laughs> is that whatever you have to do, whether it's in your job and the and the issues that capitalism and just our society presents, the world that we live in is not the world we were meant to live in mm-hmm. as humans, as people. And so whatever you need to do to make it work and to do the best job in your life for your family and for your patients and whatever, you're working with what you've got and you just have to do the best you can. And um, Yeah, there's no right or wrong way. Yeah, there's no right or wrong way. There's no rules. I know we've been told a lot and you think there are probably a lot of rules, a right way, a wrong way, but I think to your point, we're here to tell you there are no rules. What works for you? What works for you? Yeah. Yeah. Do you need medication? Right. Do you smoke a bowl before bed? Do yeah. you need to get together with your girlfriends once a week? Yeah. Do you need whatever it may? Yeah. 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 And I think the best providers in this country understand that they don't really have any control over the way that our system is. Yeah. And they don't have any control over the fact that maybe you got here because you were never ever given the resources to even live a healthy lifestyle and not be addicted to certain things and there that therefore that's created health yeah. problems for you that you ignored for a long time because you can afford to go to the doctor and now you're here yeah. but what we can do is just be the best providers we are with what right. we have and that's yeah. i think you know america right you yeah. just got to do what you got to do yeah from my standpoint as a provider like trying to make sure that i fight for my patients as much as I can, like through getting through those hoops to get them the care they need, regardless of how they got there. Like, I mean, seeing a lot of, you know, moms that have these babies that then have developmental disabilities because they were drinking when they were pregnant or they use drugs or whatever the case may be and not holding that against them and just, this is the situation. I don't know what happened in their lives to get them to that point. Right. But they still had these babies and these kids that need our services and trying to figure out how to get that to them with whatever insurance they have and whatever hoops we need to jump through like I I just that's my bottom line is trying to get them all that care and it's not easy but treating everyone as a as a human and not the same like treating each person individually and that's really what it boils down to which Sometimes I think that can get great and skewed and you can get, I can even get those biases of where I need to remind myself like, okay, you don't know their situation. Mm -hmm. You don't know how they got there. You may have seen this 10 other times, but that doesn't make this person the same as the other. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know their specific story. You don't know their story. Yeah. No, totally. And to that point, I'll end on, you know, I'm big right now in life on the only way to survive any of this shit is with each other. You know, daddy government will not save us, although, because he exists. But, like, I'm really focusing <laughs> yeah, yeah. my energy on, like, community care and, like, my community. And you, too, are a part of that. Mm-hmm. And I'll say in such a lovely way and how I know you are, like, care providers who, pro- like, obviously do this with your clients is, like, 
I never hesitate when my kid has a rash to text either one of you and be like, ah, please, please, please do. use your expertise yeah. for free yeah. as your friend. And you're like, all, oh, yeah, ever generous. <laughs> either of you have always ever, like, been so generous with whatever my weird, like, oh, yeah. medical question. Yeah. And even if it were something for me, I would, like, not hesitate to be like, yeah. About to get some TMI, but right. like Jenna's got a little lump on her butt. Yeah. <laughs> Janet sent you a picture. You yeah. know, because like I do, I want to take care of my community Absolutely. at large, but like really more specifically my personal community of care. And, yeah. you know, I hope you ladies feel that also like it goes both ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Jenna is just Jenna. Like, the only reason she's a therapist is just like all she's ever been good at is talking. So yeah, yeah. I got a so lot of education now, and so yeah. you know, I'm always like wanting to like provide that to my loved ones. And then I like looked at my community care guys. I did a really good job without realizing I got doctors and nurses, and lawyers and mental health professionals and oh, teachers. I was like, oh, I get anything I need. Like, yeah. I had a literal person yeah. who I could go to to be like, please help me. And it right. feels good in your soul to turn to somebody who you know on that personal yes. level yeah. and, that, and that you trust. And yeah. it just feels so much bigger picture and like, Yes, like I want to, even if it's someone I'm taking my car to because right. yeah. my dad is friends with him and he talks about what yeah. a great guy he is and he grew yeah. up in the same place and that's just like, I'll go out of my way to, yes. you know, it, it just feels good in your soul to like work amongst each other and, and provide what you can provide and garner what you can garner from yeah. them. Yeah, And I'm big on like with long-term care being what it is, also guys yeah. like, Let's just take care of each other when we're old. Let's buy a cul-de-sac, some condos together, whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll pool our money. I go we'll get little aid. Totally we'll get little nurse aids if we need people to yeah. take care. You know, like we'll like nursing. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll just all take the care of each other. students can come take care. Yeah, of us. right. They'll be good. It'll be yeah. Great. No, <laughs> totally. And just to end it on Katie, what you said, I think what I like to leave my audience with, and I tell every client at this point is you should as much as you can make a personal relationship with anyone you're getting a service from mm-hmm. care from you know whatever you know like in therapy we always say fit is the most important you yep. literally have to like like your therapist oh, yeah. I tell people it's like dating we're gonna chat you're gonna feel me out you might not like it it's vibes or yeah. it is yeah. about vibes right well it's the same with like any provider right Absolutely. I tell people that now too I just like I think being adopted made me naturally wired that like I literally knew my survival was, like, solely based on, like, strangers who would care for me. And so I just, like, thought that you were supposed to be making these. So I've just, like, always, like, made best friends with my hairdresser and, like, really liked my doctor. And if I didn't, then I'd go until I found one that, like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then it's, like, you get in the world and I realize, like, oh, that's a weird like thing about me that maybe I'm lucky I had an exceptional experience that made that really natural. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, but yeah. now I'm like, yeah, I t- I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not, yes, especially American yeah. healthcare, like shop around in your But I, mean, I even would say that to my own people. patients. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be upset or hurt if you want to go and get a second opinion yep. or seek out someone else. Like it's nothing... I'm not going to take it personal. Like, yeah. Yeah, I say I'm not everyone's going to Like your provider. Me. I'm taking care of your child. Like, yeah. we need to, we need to be on the same page and you need to trust me. Like, yeah. Like, go get yeah, that, for sure. You know, go get that second opinion if you for need sure. it. Like, we actually encourage it. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. like. Yeah, that's so interesting, that perspective, Jenna, because my dad, I always kind of, not make fun of, but I laugh at my dad because he's got a guy for everything. Like, oh, like he has connections <laughs> yeah. for everything yeah. that you could ever want. And, you know, he moved 
here basically at the beginning of his adulthood away from his whole family yeah. and so I wonder if it's kind of that same mentality mm-hmm. like you you're making your community oh, you know yeah. you're making yeah. your what connections yeah that's yeah yeah chosen families is just like a pretty obviously yeah. easy concept for me because it's like my whole existence yeah. is like based on yeah. nothing, no biology which is like also why I've been so um always able to see through like the biological inheritance model of like medical care especially like in mental health like UAs is a little different but in mental health like things like ADHD or I, I was like isn't ADHD just normal especially like at the five through eight range or something I was like I'm sorry how is this not just child like childhood yeah. and it is mm-hmm. but you can't sit in a classroom and have those so now there's no. symptoms yeah. Right. They're normal kid behaviors totally. with their symptoms now because they can't function in the institution we created. 100%. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or it's, whatever. And that's so. Like their ability to learn. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm really hesitant. Yeah. Yes. I'm really and hesitant so. to believe that like my six year old has a disorder. Exactly. I don't think that he has a disorder. I think like have you ever heard of the rooster child and the lamb child? Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. there's like. You know, uh, the most healthy is somewhere in between, but the lamb children are very sensitive and obedient and soft-spoken, and they want to follow the rules. And then there's the rooster child who are just in your face, and they're aggressive. Or like the farmer versus the hunter. There are natural differences in our brains, and they were suited for evolutionary my six-year-old yeah. son's brain would have been a really good hunter. He would have yeah. been a really good hunter. <laughs> very aggressive, very yeah. easily distracted by a noise yeah. in the woods. Yeah. He's not a great... Um, let's just follow let's sit down these rules in this classroom, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so that's when I say you have to do what you have to do to develop healthily in the society that you've been thrown into, right. you know? Yes. And that's why we have things like ADD for six-year-olds. It's not because I don't think that ADD, oh, all yeah, these things yeah. are real. No, like, yes. But yeah. I don't like the idea of classifying it as a disorder exactly. as much yeah. as a different type of brain that right. isn't yes. as well suited to our society as Correct. the yes. other type of brain. You know, yes. well, and there's yeah. a reason it didn't exist before schools did, right? Right, and so that's where people want to say exactly. A lot of people start out with like that's a biological thing. It's a lot, and it's like no, just fucking humans. And you create these weird boxes now, that but you literally legally force them to children yeah. have to go to school, yeah. or you have to prove that your home is going. To, so it's a daddy government arm yeah. of the or state the go to jail. forces you yeah. to do it. Yeah. And then it's a one-size-fits-all package for the whole population. And now anyone who doesn't fit into that. And now we wonder where all of these these disorders are coming from. Society. And it's weird boxes. And, and like, yeah, it's not... Biology has so little to do with shit. Mm -hmm. It's all out of the nurture. Yeah. Because you can't nurture each other in capitalism. Way surprising. Yeah. Or you can, just really, really hard, right? Yeah, not the way it's meant to be done. Yeah, and so to that point, if you're out there mothering and alone, yeah, yeah, you should be in, like, a community with five other moms who have babies of all ages, and you're sleeping, and they're caring for your child. Like, you shouldn't be alone. So it feels terrible even if you don't get the awful postpartum Mm -hmm. depression or anxiety or whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, none of this stuff is, uh, how much is we doing it? Find your personal connection, build your community of care, and it will feel a lot better mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the long run. That's our advice. It so, is. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, ladies. Thank you for having us. I've been nice. waiting for this one for a while. So. I love it. Thanks for asking us. Awesome. All right. Bye. Bye.